You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2022. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about. So save your kvetching, we are talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. Welcome to today's episode. It is such a a good one. I am speaking to an absolute legend who's made her mark on millennial and Gen Z Jewish life. I'll be telling you all about her in a moment. But before I do, just want to share some really exciting news with you. So we are just under a year old. The Your Jewish Life, Your Way podcast launched in August 21. And what we're going to be doing now we are established and settled. So we've been going every two weeks till now. And from September, we are going weekly. So we're still going to be keeping these incredible interviews. I interview lots of Jewish tastemakers, changemakers, impactors, all kinds of diverse Jewish voices who've made their mark on millennial Jewish life. We're still going to be keeping those episodes as they are every two weeks. But in between, I'll be doing solo episodes. And these are going to be very short, 10 to 15 minute episodes, getting right to the heart of some of the challenges and desires of being Jewish in 22, 23 and beyond. So these are going to be short solo episodes getting to the heart of things that are affecting us, impacting us today. So I'm really excited to introduce The Extra Element and of course super excited to be going weekly. As always we want as many people to know about the podcast as possible so it really really helps if you subscribe, if you leave a review on iTunes, it really really helps with the reach. So If you love the podcast, do take a moment to spread the love. And I'm going to be telling you now all about today's guest. She's a legend. She is the queen of Jewish relatability. It is Ali Silverberg, the founder of the legendary Instagram account at Jewish Girl props. We get to the heart of it with Ali. First of all, we talk about her journey as one of the founding figures of Jewish Instagram. We talk about the connection between Jewish humor and Jewish survival, the importance of owning your Jewish identity, the importance of surrounding yourself with people who accept your full self, and why we need Jewish humor even more during the right time. So it's super fun. You're going to love it. Make sure you're following Ali at Jewish Girl Probs if you're not already. Of course, you already are. But just in case, you got to follow. It's going to put a big smile on your face today. And this episode will too. So see you soon and enjoy my interview with Ali. Welcome to the podcast, Ali. Finally, I've got you. Your Instagram account was one of the first kind of fun Jewish accounts. Am I right? Or is it just a perception? Was was it a bit yeah, quieter I mean, when you started? There were definitely like a few things here and there, but nothing like that anyone upkept like regularly or it was sort of like all over the place. And yeah, that's definitely where I realized I had a niche in the market. So what what year was it that you started the account? Yeah, it was 2018. It was around like May and I was working as an intern at a marketing agency. And it was specifically an influencer marketing agency. And for background, like I've been studying media studies and, you know, like grew up, I will get into this, I'm sure, but like very involved in Jewish life. 
so I was working at this marketing agency and I think we were working on a jewelry campaign that needed like meme pages that catered to certain demographic of women and young adults. And I think I was just searching and I was like, I wonder what Jewish girl props looks like. So I looked it up and Instagram was like, this page doesn't exist. And so I was looking at it. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> maybe, it, maybe I should just take it. And everyone I knew was like, you have to do this. You're the perfect person to actually do something with this. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Maybe we'll get a couple hundred followers. It'll be funny. Like, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I've been sort of playing the game behind the scenes for work a little bit. And so I think I sort of, I already had some strategies to sort of, you know, grow the page a bit and, so I sort of threw up some memes that like, you know, random ones I thought were funny, things I thought related to just like my everyday life and experiences. And then I went to every Jewish Instagram page I could think of, like every camp, every Jewish sorority, every Jewish youth group, every Hillel, like, and I followed as many people as possible. And then a fraction of them followed me back and it's been growing ever since. <laughs> I love that. And why do you say that people were saying to you, you are the perfect person? What do you think? I mean, is it is it your calling? Yeah. Like, what is it about you and memes I and mean, Jewish humor and relatability? And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if it was about the humor aspect because I think if you ask anyone, like, I'm the serious one in most cases, and like, really, she's definitely a bigger jokester than me, especially in person. Like, I mean, you know, I like to think I'm funny, but like, there's definitely funnier people than me. I'm definitely more <laughs> the like logical, serious one most of the time. But when it comes to the internet, I've always been tuned into different social networks. I grew up on Tumblr, basically, and Reddit. And, you know, I'm always sort of looking out for that content. And I'd had so much experience in social media and Jewish groups. Like, I'd always just been a communications person and, like, different youth groups. And so I think it was sort of natural, like... Once I graduated, there was no more high school youth group. There was no more like Hillel University. I was sort of looking for that place and sort of fell into my lap. I think what we love about Jewish Girl Probs is the relatability, that feeling of, you know, in the world of social media, the world of Instagram, you know, we, we scroll on through and see a post from you and we're like, just nod our head. And it's like, yes, you know, and that, <laughs> you know, and it's, and, and I, I do think it's quite a talent in a way to sort of be able to, how do you have your finger on the pulse? I like, do you just, you know, for anyone that doesn't know my guest today, Ali is only in your early twenties. How do you, <laughs> is it drawn from your own personal experience? Do you just sort of, you know, what is, Jewish relatability to you? I mean, that's a great question. Obviously, definitely started off at the beginning with just random things from my life I thought were funny, like, you know, typical stereotypes that we all like to make fun of ourselves and, you know, pretty like classic, typical stuff that, you know, it's coming, to be fair, always it's coming from my perspective as like a Canadian Ashkenazi 25 year old who lived certain experiences so there's always that lens when you see the content but definitely over the years as like the page has grown I've sort of you know opened my eyes to the responsibility I feel like I have for people like you know different representation and it's hard to do that you know just being <laughs> running the page myself um, and I think you know people do recognize like it is just me it's not like there's like a team of people kind of gathering all this content but now that I have Jewish girl pause, like I've had the opportunity to like talk to so many people and meet so many people and just sort of open my eyes to different perspectives. So, you know, the more diverse following I can have on social media is sort of just like 
uh, keep my finger on the pulse. Like I'm always on, you know, different platforms looking at, you know, what all these awesome people are saying and doing and talking about. So yeah, pretty much like all my free time, I'm just sort of keeping an eye on things. And do you feel a, a responsibility that because the page is so big to, you know, cause it's more fun and authentic when it's your experience of Jewish girl probs and you are the demographic mm-hmm. you're a, a young Jewish girl having Jewish girl probs it should be really easy but like as your following's grown so much over the years do you feel that you need to be relatable to all Jews and the and and showcase the diversity of being Jewish I mean that's that's not so easy yeah it's really hard there have definitely been times where I felt that weight a lot more than others I think recently like I obviously still feel that responsibility but you know I like to let my audience know like where this is coming from this is also like not my full-time job as much as I love to do it definitely feel that responsibility and that's why the page has changed a lot and I like definitely put a lot more thought into the content I'm putting out what types of people are going to feel a certain way about this or that there's a really, really, really fine line that I walk every day uh, between, yeah, between humor and obviously you like never want to be offensive to everyone, but there've definitely been times where I've learned the lesson that you just can't make everyone happy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it being a Jewish meme account, there's more ability to offend within the community than like other meme accounts is there an Instagram meme account holder community where you all kind of share the problems <laughs> meme yeah I mean meme account I think <laughs> we as Jews know that we're held to a higher standard than others but so is like, that within within our own community yeah like yeah do you think that so Jewish yeah. meme accounts are also held to a different standard like yes. you see all these other massive random meme accounts with millions of followers they can get away with posting whatever they want. They don't really care. But with a Jewish meme account, you have to be so careful because obviously Judaism is so important to so many people. It's different than just like your identity as a student, your identity is like a young adult. It's your identity as a religion and something that's so close to you. That's why the fine line of making jokes about it, you have to be very careful about. Um, sometimes I've definitely been less careful than others. Definitely. I've learned my lesson a couple of times. I didn't think I was the type of person to like run into these situations. I'm a huge people pleaser. I'm like very, very worried about what people are thinking about all the time, but you know, I'm also a human being and and you're trying to, you're trying to uh, nothing but positivity with that account. You know, it is your side hustle. It is something, it's not your full-time career. You're not making billions out of it. It is just entertaining but yet I know again in recent years it's taken on a bigger purpose I feel it's yeah definitely it's gone from sort of you know this you know that that, let's just you know be relatable to sometimes I know people think of you as like an authority and it's you get a lot of dms about it should I be doing this how do you handle the world of with this incredible project that's become so much more than just a meme account I mean, you're definitely right. Like it's become a lot more than just a meme account. That's also something I've had to grapple with. Also, where is that line between like being a meme account and being like something else? And then, you know, is my audience going to expect different things or are they like going to be upset if they're not getting what they came here for? Uh, So there's definitely that fine line I walk as well. But yeah, I mean, because the handle is Jewish girl probs, like when you type in the word Jewish, it's one of the first things that comes up. And I think, you know, without sort of background and context, so many people just, you know, maybe click on the first thing they find. And, you know, I guess I've ended up sort of being this 
semi quote unquote authority on Judaism for some people, which, which is a lot. And I think that's why I do my best to like send them to resources because as much as like, I want to, you know, help these people, I also don't want it to be specifically just me, my perspective. I'm not a rabbi. I, you know, I'm very involved in Jewish life. But I don't want to be seen as like someone who's the be all end all knowledge and authority. Of course not. There are definitely people who, you know, like have opinions and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a rabbi, like I'm allowed to say what I want. <laughs> For example, like on Yom Kippur, I usually post, you know, it's a mitzvah to take care of yourself. If you're not feeling well, make sure, you know, you're doing what's best for you. And I get so many messages. They're like, you're not a rabbi. You can't tell people what to do. I'm like, <sighs> if you think I'm a rabbi, that's your problem. <laughs> Why are you here? Wow. Gosh. You know, that's a lot. On the other hand, you know, what I love is that your page is so accessible and it's so inclusive of all strands of Judaism. And it's wonderful that you're almost like collecting everybody and then filing them if they need a little more, (laughs) a little more. It's, it's wonderful. And we've talked about some of the struggles, like tell me about like the positives and what, what motivates you with this account and also some really good stuff that's come out of it. Yeah. I mean, there's been so much good that's come out of it. I'm motivated to do it because I see the way it impacts people. Like, you know, I get messages all the time that are like, I needed this joy in my life. You're the one light of my day that brings some positivity and laughter especially when like you know for lack of a better word I don't know if I can swear but like when shit hits the fan you know there are times when obviously it's respectful to like take a pause and it's just not the moment yeah but there are also times when you know people really need that positivity and that humor in their lives when there's just so much crap going on especially as a Jewish community like we can't just constantly sit in our negative feelings 24 7 because it's not how we sustain ourselves so yeah definitely seeing the impact of that and just like hearing from people about how like my you know the small thing I do just like making memes and trying to upkeep this thing on the side is like having such a big impact on people's lives and obviously because of it I've had such amazing opportunities and we went to Israel together which was I could not imagine in a million years that like that would have happened to me because I started a meme page and like I've been able to have so many cool speaking opportunities and just you know the imposter syndrome's definitely real like you know I just started a meme page like why me but I know that we talked a lot about this in Israel as well, like gaining that confidence to know you are an expert in your field and just trying to use the platform to like spread a positive message. They say the definition of an expert is if you're in a room of 10 people and you know apparently 10 to 20% more about your subject than the others, you know, I think we'll <laughs> hold ourselves to such high standards with stuff like that. And for anyone that doesn't know, Ali and I have been connected for years, but we only met in real life earlier in 2022 on an incredible program called Jews Talk Justice organized with the Tel Aviv Institute. And I was so excited when I heard you were going to be there in person. (laughs) It was so exciting. (laughs) Yeah, it was everything to experience this incredible program together, get to know each other, have laugh together, cry together. It was if nothing else than what we're doing brought us to experience such a thing, it's worth it and more. It was just, it was amazing. <laughs> it was. I, I've been thinking about it ever since. And it's just, yeah, it was the most incredible experience. I was also so happy you were going to be there because I feel like there's so many people I feel like I know in real life, but don't from like talking with people from Jewish corporals and 
yeah, it was such an impactful experience, especially just like that feeling of belonging, knowing like what we're experiencing isn't alone. You and I have such similar experiences and so do other people, even though like we all do such different things. So that was definitely super impactful. Yeah. And just meeting in person people that do what we do. And tell me something, your content is often very timely for the Jewish calendar, you know, reflecting on holidays and what have you. But am I right in saying that you don't create memes relating to news items or what's happening with with Jews in the news or anti-Semitism or some of the darker periods and whatever? Is that sort of intentional? And you're a brilliant example of someone that does one thing really, really well, which is the classic road to success. Don't try and be all things to all people, just... People want to land on your account and know what they're going to mm-hmm. get, you know. Let me ask you this. Like, how has the sort of rise in anti-Semitism impacted, if at all, the content you put out? That's a great question because sometimes it's hard to realize that I have like two separate identities because Jewish Girl Probs is me now. People see me as Jewish Girl Probs, but like Ali as a person is someone completely different. Like I grew up very involved in Jewish life and social justice and activism and I'm personally super passionate about that, but what I fell into and sort of like that story I told you, I sort of fell into this niche, right? And so that's also a balance I think about is like me, Ali, as a person versus what Jewish Girl Probs is. And that's really hard because I think in another life, you know, if I ever thought that Ali Silverberg would be like an influencer, I'm sure it'd be a mix of humor, but also like activism I'm passionate about and, you know, definitely the rise in anti-Semitism, which... I've had to think a lot about as Jewish girl problems in a very different sense because Jewish girl problems is its own thing. And like you said, people come to Jewish girl problems expecting something. And that's not to say I don't want to challenge people at times because I think we deserve to do that. And I can't be scared to lose followers. But, you know, at the same time, like I have to also recognize that Jewish girl problems isn't necessarily me. Now it's something else for so many different people. So sort of I've tried to find like creative ways to address issues for people that you know isn't necessarily so direct because I lead them to sources so so many existing sources that are already giving them what they need for those other senses like I met all of you in Israel and everyone has their own thing like if there's you're all experts in your own thing if they're looking for something I'll direct them to one of you because we do so many different things but as Ali I never feel like I don't want to address something I remember when the rise in anti-Semitism in the spring of 2021 happened and people started posting sort of blue squares. And I have my own thoughts and feelings about that. You know, I knew I didn't want to just just do that. But what I did is I sort of, you know, the graphic was just like proud to be a nice Jewish girl. And it sort of has that nice niche humor of like our brand that, you know, nice Jewish girls, but, you know, girls being inclusive of whoever wants to identify. But I really wanted to write a message to the community as me. I let them know it was me talking and I really just let them know how we all are feeling crappy and like I don't want to ignore the fact that this is happening but I want this page to be a space that we can use to lift each other up and enlighten each other and even joke in dark times because that's how the Jewish people survive so I think that message has been carried on for a while like anytime something really really horrible happens to our community I'll definitely like address it by stories and I use resources from other people if these people are sitting there and doing the work, doing the research, writing the news, I want to direct it to them. Like, I'm not an expert in those fields and I do not have the time to hire an editorial team. So I want to direct them to where they need to go for those sources, but keep this as a safe space as well. 
definitely that balance between keeping the Jewish Girl Probs brand, but like letting people know where to go when they need to. And do you find that people need your brand of Jewish humor even more during the difficult times? Do you see a rise in engagement and and what have you? Definitely, yeah. Really? So people, it's the classic Jewish humor saving the day when we need it most. And like, I do recognize I like lose followers if I'll like address some issues, which is totally fine. Interesting. Um, Why do you think that? What do you mean? Why would someone, I mean, we don't, I'm following, following is just I think some people like to live in a bubble, right? Right, right. You know, and what's the saying? Like being naive, Oh, that ignorance is bliss. Yeah, uh, and I think yes. a lot of people follow meme pages as a form of escapism, and you know, it's that like shot of reality that not everyone wants. Yeah, so that's why I sort of tiptoe that line between providing escapism for people, but you know, twenty four seven, maybe that's not the healthiest thing. So it's okay if I lose a few people here and there. That's totally fine. But I think there are people who do appreciate, you know, having both outlets and like following resources that I'll recommend. But yeah, definitely they stay because we need that positive light in the community at dark times. And when it's like 24 seven, your feed is flooded with just like mm. doom scrolling, which is valid because horrible things happen. And, you know, you just feel so badly for people affected. But at the same time, like there's the other side of the coin where the Jewish people live and this is how we do it. And how would you describe Jewish humor? Are you an expert on Jewish humor? (laughs) (laughs) You know, after our conference in Israel, I wanted to say that I'm an expert in Jewish humor, but (laughs) I am the furthest thing from a comedian. I, like I said, doesn't mean you're not an expert. No, for sure. It doesn't mean I'm not an expert. I'm definitely not a, like, I wouldn't identify as a comedian for sure. Like, I cannot sit there and write actual jokes. The people who know me, like, you know, again, like, I was always the serious one. Not necessarily always the funniest one, but a lot of people sort of joke that like I'm only funny on the internet, which is sort of true. <laughs> I definitely understand internet humor. So I think that's definitely the niche expert, yes. like internet humor, maybe not like, you know, standing up on the stage in front of an audience. Yeah. But Jewish humor is definitely, I mean, so many of us are stand-up comics, like so much is rooted in stand-up and, you know, real Jewish comedians who do this for a living. But then there's that niche offset of like internet humor that's like a little weird, a little wonky, like meme yeah. culture and things like that. So yeah, I definitely think I've become sort of an expert in what, like normie meme culture, which is like <laughs> that's micro like, niche. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like normie is you know what the basic people do. It's not like the hidden corners of Reddit or 4chan. It's just like you know I probably captured the trends as the masses do, which is the point but yeah definitely normie Jewish meme culture is where it's at in terms of my audience and Jewish humor if I were to like encapsulate all of it like I said is yeah it's how we survive right that's why so many of us are comedians and so many of us use humor as a way to cope because it's like our big F you to all of our haters it's like yeah we can joke about it ourselves because we're still alive we're still doing great we're not gonna like mope around all the time even though remembrance and you know grieving and being sad as part of life we keep moving on as we've done for thousands and thousands of years and apparently meme pages are part of that history now well when I was researching for the show I actually um found out I don't know whether you know that there's a wikipedia page of Jewish humor mm-hmm. and the definition is this Jewish humor is diverse though it most often favors wordplay irony and satire 
while its themes are highly anti-authoritarian, mocking religious and secular life alike. Sigmund Freud considered Jewish humor unique in that its humor is primarily de derived from mocking of the in-group Jews rather than the other. However, rather than simply being self-deprecating, it also contains an element of self-praise. <laughs> Did any of that, that ping is, at you? Yeah, all of it. I really? mean, that is a very accurate description. The, the biggest thing I took away from that was mocking ourselves rather than the other. That's like the biggest thing because mocking others is not jokes, it's just mean, which no yes. one wants. So yeah, we make fun of ourselves a lot. I think that's where the relatability comes in. Like, we're not trying to be mean to ourselves. It's funny because we can all relate. It's like, it's all just facts. And half the time I'm stating facts and it's funny because you're like, I thought I was the only person who thought that. It's like, not even a joke. It's just like something you relate to so much. So yeah, definitely the self-deprecating, but also, you know, a bit of praise thrown in there as well. Like I was saying, you know, humor is still positive. If it was fully self-deprecating, we'd all also be depressed all the time. <laughs> So yeah, that definitely resonates a lot and definitely not othering people is super important. Yeah. And through this kind of accident, well, accidental, it wasn't accidental, but I think the growth and the way it took over the internet, took over Instagram is not accidental again, but you know what I mean? You never planned no, no, for no this one, growth. Like I didn't plan for this to happen, yeah. like maybe a little bit, but I never expected yeah. it. And do you think the empire of Jewish girl props has it encouraged you personally Ali Silverberg to be more openly and unapologetically Jewish or has that always been you I mean 100% I think I've definitely always been openly and unapologetically Jewish and now I'm doing it even more in the public eye sometimes not that I was ever really afraid to do that but I never necessarily had the opportunities to do that I'm always one who would never take off their Jewish jewelry. Like, even if I was nice. a little worried, I'm like, eh, I'll deal with that situation as it arises. Like, I don't want anyone to not know. Jewish Girl Robs is like all over, you know, parts of my career. It's the reason I got my day job. It's all over my LinkedIn. It really? Like, it's the reason yeah, you got your day job. Wow. Yeah, it was, I mean, I had like previous work experience, but a really big part of the reason I got my job, I work at Snapchat now on the Bitmoji team a really big reason was just like sort of the thought processes I have behind Jewish core props and like that strategic mindset and like that real world experience was really, really, really helpful. Uh, and I love helped me that. For this job. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. I thought... And I know people can get scared, like, oh, would someone not hire me because I'm Jewish? And, you know, there's a lot of that fear and the sort of the way I combat that I was like, if they thought that, then like, why would I ever want to interact with them? Absolutely. Like, I want to be the most unapologetically Jewish and someone hire me because of that, not in spite of that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and so what would you say to someone listening who maybe fears being openly Jewish due to the rise of anti-Semitism or just the sort of internalized shame that some that we as Jews feel, you know, that we have to hide. Yeah. Our Jewish. What would you it's say? hard. Like, I don't want to just tell people go be unapologetically Jewish because, you know, I also come from a place of privilege. I live in a very Jewish community and the people I work with are very kind and understanding, but not everyone lives in that situation. So like, I don't look down on people who are afraid to be Jewish because I 100% understand where everyone's coming from. I think you, you know, sort of take a look at your life and sort of pinpoint the moments that are causing you fear. If it's certain people, if it's certain aspects of your lives and ask yourself, 
you know, is it, is there a real reason why I'm afraid to do this? Or is it a perceived notion of what I think people are going to say? I think if you assume uh, good intentions from people, you'll get the best outcomes. And it's really hard to do that when we see the news all the time. We just have to understand that the news is horrible and, you know, sad. And there's definitely rising anti-Semitism, but we're st it's still hopefully not the majority of Jewish experience. Um, so yeah, it's hard and I, it'll take time to sort of overcome that for a lot of people, but you want to surround yourself with people and work with people who accept your full self. Uh, and if your full self involves, you know, being Jewish as part of your identity, then never feel like you should hide that and find the right people. <laughs> awesome advice. No, really, because I think you're so right when you say, you know, trusting people's intentions are generally good and we should assume that as opposed to assuming the opposite. Have you ever gone shopping and seen tons of fun Christmas decor, but absolutely nothing for Hanukkah? I know I have, and it's made me feel excluded from all the seasonal festivity. Now, you might wonder why am I talking about Hanukkah in July? It's because we're partnering with Hanukkah Decor, a business on a mission to change that feeling of being excluded during the holiday season. And they're running a Kickstarter campaign this month that we are getting right behind. This is the story of their Kickstarter, and we'd love you to get behind it too. It's just running for this month, and I'd love you to back it. I think. It's it's fabulous. So the story is when Mark Perriman's three-year-old daughter felt left out after seeing her neighborhood aglow with Christmas decorations, he was inspired to design a line of five outdoor light-up Hanukkah inflatables to bring seasonal cheer to Jews of all ages. There's menorahs and dreidels and Zadie's kitchen complete with latkes frying and next year he's adding a line of super fun indoor Hanukkah decor to the outdoor inflatables collection too and right now through to July 26 you can back the Hanukkah decor outdoor inflatable campaigns to make the winter holiday season that bit more inclusive for all so back the Kickstarter today at hanukkahdecorcom slash Kickstarter if you want to bring inflatable Jewish joy to the children and grown-ups in your life the links also in the show notes it's hanukkahdecorcom slash Kickstarter so right. yeah, I'm interested to hear more about your childhood and how did Judaism play a role in your life growing up? Yeah, totally. So I have always grown up in a reformed Jewish community. So did both my parents. They actually both grew up reform. My mom grew up at a reformed community in like a small town in Canada. And my dad grew up in Toronto. So they raised us reform at an amazing shul. It's called Temple Har Zion in Thornhill, Ontario. And so I was always involved since day one because my parents were involved. My mom eventually was like the president of our synagogue. My dad was always involved in different committees. So they always set a really great example. And it was sort of like unquestionable that I always wanted to be involved. And so sort of my first foray into it was youth group at my shul. Yeah, I guess that was it. It was definitely the first time I had like a structured outlet to like, you know, get involved in Jewish life besides like Hebrew school and religious school. And so it was sort of a no-brainer for me. And, you know, we were pretty small at that point. And I took on some leadership roles at like a really young age doing communications, which is where it all started. Uh -huh. I was like trying to do some small social media for my youth group <laughs> and like marketing events that were like for 20 people. And it sort of all started there. And my youth group at my shul was part of this larger organization called NIFTY, which is the Reformed Jewish Youth Movement in North America. Uh, it's sort of like RSY in the UK and some other organizations. 
so I got very involved there I like found my people it was all like very unapologetically Jewish and like making you know reform Judaism is all about choosing parts of Judaism that are meaningful to you and the biggest part is that like you know you don't grow up resenting being Jewish like being forced to do things that's definitely the biggest reason why I'm like such a proud reformed Jew is because I got to grow up making those decisions for myself and, and what, what parts you know, of had, Judaism are meaningful to you that's a really great question <laughs> again like you know you make decisions based on certain traditions like you know there are certain traditions I keep and certain ones I don't because you know they don't feel as important to me but the most important part is the activism the community and traditions that bring people together you know on Passover like the satyrs are definitely the most important part for me and I keep Passover and maybe not as strictly as I did before because you know by day five you're like is this really adding benefit to my life or am I going to resent celebrating Passover next year so it's definitely making decisions like that day to day but yeah the most important part are like those classic traditions of like tikkun olam getting involved and that are the most important to me I love that how during childhood teenage years you were owning your identity it wasn't forced down your throat and yeah that's really wonderful we have a community smashing life our community for Jewish women and some women in there are mothers and young mothers and one of their no no fear is a bit of a strong word but they're worried how in this day and age do you raise proud Jewish children because a lot of them when they were young felt remembered how they had to hide their Jewishness and they they don't want that for their children and I think there's a lot to take from what you're saying is was it is in front of other sort of here are all the options which fits you like yeah. which I mean how are you presented with it all in the reform Jewish world yeah I mean I guess it's less formal than like laying it all out <laughs> yeah. but just the feeling of knowing that you're not going to get in trouble for not doing something because yes. it's not meaningful to you good Jew like, bad Jew that, kind of yeah, yeah exactly good Jew bad Jew there's no such thing knowing that you'll be accepted either way is the biggest thing that I I think young people keep chumming coming back for because Reform Judaism definitely wants to roll with the times and recognizes that the year is 2022 and not like 1000 2022 or 1022. Mm, well, Judaism um, has to evolve to survive. Exactly. And that's not to say that, you know, traditional Judaism, you know, look, it's so popular, it's booming. I mean, every sect of Judaism has its place. But I think for people who start to resent Judaism, this is the best open gate for some people who feel like, they don't always have the options so again the freedom of choice is what's really important for people and feeling like they were never you know forced to do anything I mean of course like my parents quote-unquote made me go to Hebrew school and religious school but like that's where I made my friends and you know that's where I learned a lot about just like the basics and I would never resent that Mm. is reform Judaism the same as progressive Judaism Yeah, for the most part. I think in North America, we mainly call it Reform Judaism, and it's like the Union for Reform Judaism is our umbrella. But I think Progressive Judaism globally is sort of our umbrella. So yeah, we have like a very small presence in Israel and then like, you know, presences across the world with different organizations. But yeah, definitely Progressive. And I think everybody wants to know about your bat mitzvah, Ali. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about your bat mitzvah. mitzvah. really interesting. So I had it at 13 because both like whatever gender you are, you have it at 13 in the reform community and you do the exact same service, whether you're a girl, boy, non-binary. 
so that's what I really loved about it as well like I was a little behind some of my female friends but I knew like you know I got to just do the exact same thing that my male counterparts were doing so I you know spent a long time practicing and preparing and I I not only read Torah and half Torah but like led the whole service with the rabbi and it's like a whole thing a whole big production as a 13 year old it's a little overwhelming but I was a drama student. Yeah. Yeah. I was very accomplished, nervous, but accomplished. (laughs) Yeah. My bat mitzvah was very overwhelming, but great. And then I had a classic party that was Beatles themed and the theme was like Alley Road. Yeah. Oh, I love it. We got any photos to to share in the show notes? (laughs) Yes. 100%. It was so cute. Like the green screen was like Abbey Road and you know I was like I mean I still am but I I was a huge huge Beatles fan because of my dad and so like they went full out like we went searching for just like Beatles paraphernalia for like a year and a half Uh, so it was really fun I think as a 13 year old I definitely got very overwhelmed at that party and it was sort of like you know realizing maybe I have I was later not till I was a young adult later diagnosed with an anxiety disorder and when I tell my therapist about my bummer so they're like maybe that's when you know the first signs or I'm like really <laughs> you mean I was overwhelmed in a group of like 200 people with a bunch of relatives I didn't know um so yeah it's definitely I like to throw that in there because yes. I know a lot of people feel that way too but I was so grateful for that experience and when I was 16, I did what we call a confirmation. So I like read another Torah portion because they know 13 is a little young. And yeah, we do a lot of like traditions to sort of like keep you involved at, throughout the span of your life. And when you think back to your childhood, did you have a Jewish role model that you looked up to? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I mean, like there were definitely obviously Jewish celebrities that I love, but I think in terms of role models, it was definitely my parents, my grandparents, like all of them were involved in their synagogues and like never spent a spare moment not you know giving back and being part of this committee that committee and making sure that like their kids saw that example from them so yeah I mean it's a pretty typical answer but definitely my family I looked up to so much growing up and they're always proud they raised nice young Jewish women because they should they set that example what do they make of your Jewish Girl Props account and what everything is led to? They are 100% my biggest fans. My <laughs> Bubby is 100% the biggest fan. Yeah, my parents are extremely supportive. They'll do anything to like have Jewish Girl Props take over the world. And, you know, oh, anytime it. there's a new venture, they just live through my accomplishments. So they're definitely my biggest supporters. There have obviously been moments where they've been a bit scared if trolls come for me and things like that. But, you know, I've sort of had to explain to them, you know, the internet is an interesting place. It's like very rare that my physical safety is ever threatened. And they know that I've learned to like grow thick skin in terms of, you know, what's said to me online. So, yeah, it was definitely nerve wracking for them at first. But I think they've learned sort of, unfortunately, what the norm is. So I, I guess you, you know, like all of us, there is a little bit of trolling, but nothing that outweighs all the love you get. It's mostly love, yeah. I, I suspect. So 100%. we have been speaking for so long. I well, so long. It's gone very quickly, but it's already <laughs> been, I don't know, half an hour, whatever. So I want to make sure we have time for our quick fire round, which I yeah, love doing. Sure. You can answer in one word. You can answer with a very long, it's up to you. Are you ready for this? I feel like I'm, I'm going to have to start getting some really cool like jingle music before I start this segment because it's so fun. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Let's go. So what's your favorite Yiddish word? My favorite Yiddish word is kvetch for sure. 
favorite Jewish holiday? Shabbat. Happens every week. Love oh, it. I love it. <laughs> Hanukkah or Passover? Hanukkah. Passover food makes me so sad. <laughs> I have <laughs> I'm to like say, day six. I loved your matzah meme this year with the brie. With what did you call that brie? Oh, it was like baked brie. Great brie. Like it was a challenge. Like, how'd you come up with that stuff? So we'll link to that particular meme, but because I can't believe we haven't gone into the sort of intercept, you know, talked so much about how you come up with stuff, but it was so clever because well can you explain explain it what you I mean did? it was really last minute like I make I don't cook a lot and bake brie is so easy because you just shove it in the oven and I was like oh my god like they know I'm not a I know I'm not a chef like I need to come up with something and I was like what's something that I usually have with crackers I'm like okay break bake brie and I'll just crack up the matzo and you know game <laughs> over but what I loved it about delicious. it is baked brie is something you just associate with sort of, you know, some elaborate, to me, like some elaborate kind of, you know, fancy little starter or yeah. whatever. And then you like dip your matzo in it, you know. And it was just so funny. You did this really funny line about, what was it? Woke and... I think it was like uh, broken, like that broken woke. Yeah, um, it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. I know we're coming out of the quick fire for a minute, but I've got to ask you one thing I meant to ask you and I've forgotten and I'm glad I remembered now that. What has been the meme that you can think of on top of your head that's had, not your favorite one, because I'm sure you can't pick, it's like picking favorite child, but the one that's had the most engagement that's just blown up in all these years? Oh my gosh. I think it's hard for me to pick out one certain one, but the ones that always blow up the most are like when I'm super fast from a current event, like I like watch the Super Bowl just to wait for the meme moment or like the Met Gala, <laughs> wait for the meme moment, the Oscars. It's always those ones when everyone's like, oh my God, she did that so fast. Yeah, uh, Those ones always get the best engagement because they're the most timely. Yeah. Um, and I saw, I was, I can't remember this year's Oscars or last year's Oscars, but you did something fantastic. I can't remember what it was <laughs> now. And there was one person that said like, why do you have to talk about this stuff when there's other big stuff talking about yeah. or something ridiculous? And it was, but I guess again, it's just, it's always going to happen, is it? It's just exactly. part of, so let's carry on do you prefer playing dreidel or hunting for the afikoman i uh, definitely playing dreidel i never find the afikoman someone's <laughs> always got it <laughs> home-cooked elaborate shabbat dinner or a chinese takeout shabbat oh my god i cannot choose because they're both like my favorite things ever my family does a lot of chinese food and like we have the best chinese food in toronto so it's like 100 percent 50 50 on that one. Oh, okay i'll let you have that i'll let you have that 50 50 jerusalem or tel aviv oh my god tel aviv for the like i would live in tel aviv but get all my food from jerusalem <laughs> <laughs> buy or bake a challah oh bake I'm not very good at it, but my mom's gotten a lot of practice during COVID and it's fast. Oh, matzo ball soup or bagels with locks? Matzo ball soup. I'm not a fish person. Don't tell anyone <laughs> I don't eat bagels and locks. Oh, gosh. Which Jewish celebrity would you most want to spend Shabbat with? Locks There's up for so Shabbat. There's so many. Um, okay. The first one that comes to mind is Miss Cracker, who's one of my favorite drag queens. Yes. <laughs> She's a Jewish drag queen. I love her. <laughs> yes, I need to get her on the podcast. Um, okay, then I'll let, I'll hear some of your others then because I'm going to ask you the next question. Which three Jewish people, they can be dead or alive, so you've got even more choice, would you want to have Friday night dinner with? Loaded question. Well, Ms. Cracker would definitely be one of them. She's like the first person I thought of because I'm a huge Drag Race fan, huge fan of all drag. 
And I just find like her so unapologetically Jewish as a drag queen that like makes me so happy. So I definitely want a VIP experience with her. One other person, I guess would be Carl Sagan. I'm like a huge astronomy nerd. And I would, (laughs) you know, I could probably pick his brain for hours just about like life and the universe. So that would definitely be one of my answers. I and my last person would probably be Debbie Friedman. She's a Jewish musician. I I love all Jewish music. Jewish music, like Jewish folk music, especially, is like very close to my heart. So I would just want her to sing to me. <laughs> well, leading on to my qu- next question, what's your favorite Jewish song? Oh my god! Like, I mean, oh. so all Israeli music is like you know what gets me pumped up. But I remember in terms you of dancing in Purim. Like, I remember. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> In terms of like Jewish, Jewish music, there's Dan Nichols has a version of the Hashki Venu that's like my favorite thing. It like reminds me of being back back in youth group and it has all these like nice melodic vibes. I will definitely share my Jewish music playlist with yes. you. All my favorite. We will Jewish link to that. Vocals. So if you're listening to this, dive down to the show notes and it will be linked. Oh, yes. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? And it can be one of your memes if you want. <laughs> <laughs> like at, follow at Jewish Girl Probs. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think it's interesting. Like you know those pink billboards that stand with us have been doing that have like been really provocative. Jubilong, you mean? Jubilong, yeah, yeah. Jubilong, and I think like Stand With Us did a partnership with a few of them. They've been pretty provocative, just like you know, letting people know sort of where our thoughts are at. If I could have a billboard with anything on it, oh, this is so hard. I'd probably choose like a couple of my favorite memes and just be like spread Jewish joy add Jewish oh, jobs or something my God. obsessed we gotta make that <laughs> <laughs> I have I definitely have to think about that though and finally what does your Jewish life your way mean to you so many things to me I guess we sort of spoke about this but the main thing is you know doing what's important to you and what makes you feel happy nothing you do as part of your Jewish life should make you feel resentful or like unimportant or upset I mean obviously there are moments to self-reflect and be mournful but nothing should be unimportant so it's your Jewish life your way is making those decisions without any fear of guilt and knowing that any Jew is good Jew I love that I can't believe we didn't bring up guilt like is that a big thing on your your meme account Jewish guilt yeah Jewish guilt we love Jewish guilt oh gosh well Ali we could go on for hours more but we're gonna (laughs) say goodbye for today but please come back to the podcast another day let's meet in Israel again please oh for sure (laughs) Uh, I will be there leading a birthday trip this summer so I'm so excited to go back yeah oh I'm delighted to hear that lucky you well look it's been so much fun today and everyone go follow Jewish Girl Probs if you don't already it will light up your day Ali it's been a pleasure Thank you. It's been an awesome pleasure. I'm so glad I got to catch up with you. If this episode inspired you in some way, I'd love you to take a screenshot of you listening on your device and post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Your Jewish Life so I can hear from you. I'd love to be Instagram friends. 
And if there's anyone you know that would benefit from this episode, share it with them and subscribe and let's spread our message and mission of your Jewish life your way. I'd love you to leave a review as well, because again, that helps more people see the podcast, hear the episodes and inspire them with Jewish joy and leaning into a Jewish life they love living. I also want to take a moment to tell you about my community, my membership community club for Jewish and Jewish women called Smashing Life. It's a essentially everything you've ever wanted in a Jewish community. It's a space to live your Jewish life your way, connect with like-minded Jewish women, share Jewish culture and joy, and most importantly, it's a place to build the life you want on your terms and learn Jewish rituals that will fill your life with purpose. Most importantly, we make it fun in 21. It is a lot of fun in there. We do all kinds of things. We have monthly expert masterclasses chosen by you. We have social events, both online and in real life, all around the world. We have virtual Shabbats. We have a dedicated parenting sub-community. We've got a dedicated entrepreneur sub-community. We have a book club and a crafts club and a members only recipes book that everyone contributes to and great Jewish bake-offs and incredible conversation and most importantly support and warmth in a completely non-judgmental inclusive Jewish space. If you'd like to find out more or add your name to the waitlist, just go to Smashing Life dot club the doors are currently closed for new members but we're opening them really soon so add your name and be the first to know just head to smashinglife.club